am very excited today. We will be welcoming Isabella from Infertility and Jesus, and she has got some wonderful things to tell us about her struggles with infertility. We're going to talk about her story and also talk about how much she learned through the struggle of infertility to lean on God. And it's just, I loved talking with her earlier and you're going to just love being able to get these treasures that she has to share with us today. Hi, this is Rebecca Messer, co-host for the Training Them Wisely podcast with our host, Renee Christensen. Renee speaks at church events and conferences, teaching parents and grandparents how to grow in their walk with the Lord while discipling their children and grandchildren because authentic, loving discipleship matters. Renee is a best-selling author of the book, Training Them Wisely, Discipling Kids, and has several new Bible study releases designed for your whole family to use together for family devotions, homeschool curriculum, or personal quiet times. These studies cover four age levels, preschool, kids, teens, and adults. Join us on Adventures Through the Bible with Bella, Benny, and Fluffy for your preschoolers discovering key truths in scripture. Your kids and teens will learn how to study the Bible verse by verse for themselves. Adults will dig into the same passages as their teens so the entire family can study together and engage in conversation with the discussion questions at the end of each chapter. We all know that prayer is so important. Renee's Bible study, Love to Pray, includes a prayer journal to teach and encourage your kids and grandkids to love to pray. Looking for a way to help your kids pay attention during the church service? Check out our new sermon notes for kids, which include portions for writers and pre-writers to take notes and draw pictures. It is colorful, fun, and will help your children engage with the sermon. Hi, Isabella. I am so glad that you are willing to come on and talk to us today. And today we're going to be talking about infertility. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm very excited about this. A little nervous, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm very excited. Yeah. So you had, you now have children, but in the past you have struggled with infertility. So yes. can you just kind of walk us through the story of your infertility journey to where you do have children now and what, what that was like, what you went through? Yeah. Um, so it's funny, um, preparing for this. Um, so I have an Instagram account. Um, I have a personal Instagram account and then I have an Instagram account that I started because of our infertility journey. And I, it was partially for me so I could like vent my feelings and not forget where I came from. Um, but also to be able to connect with other women going through the same struggle um because it's it's such a lonely experience <laughs> like when everybody around you is getting pregnant like in your friend circle and your family and you're not you're like what who do I talk to yeah. and um so I started my Instagram account and it's called um infertility and Jesus um but as I was preparing for this I was re like I was looking through my account and like rereading my posts and looking at pictures I was crying all over again <laughs> just like I could feel all of those feelings coming over me again like you know while the Lord has brought me through that and I have um you know children now it it still is part of part of my story it's part of who I am and, and I fertility is painful God made us as yes. people 
and he gave, you know, he gave you this desire to be a mom. And it is, it is a very painful thing to not be able to have a child. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, (laughs) I got married when I was 20 and, um, one of my closest friends, we joke and she calls me a child bride. (laughs) And (laughs) um, so I wanted to have, I wanted to be a mom and a wife, like basically since the day I was born. I mean, it was just, it was something I always wanted. And, um, you know, when you're 20 and you know, you're like, okay, well maybe we'll wait a little bit. Cause we're basically babies ourselves. And my husband's an engineer, so he's very, like, methodical, and he's like, let's wait. Yes. So I was like, okay, I guess, how long are we going to (laughs) wait? And um, all during this time, he was in school. So he was like, let's wait until I'm done, because the thought of having a baby and, like, being in school is just not a good idea. And um, so we waited. And we waited and we waited and we were married for five years at that point. Long waiting and, time already. For you. Yes. And it, it wasn't, it was a, it was a big point of like tension in our marriage because friends were getting pregnant. And while we weren't trying, I wanted to have a baby. Yes. And it was really a blessing from the Lord because there were many other things that like had happened within those five years that it was better that we didn't have like a baby at that time. Um, so I am thankful for that. Um, but finally we started to try <laughs> and, uh, we started trying in April of, um, 2017 and, um, we were on like our, it was our anniversary would have been in December for five years officially, but we took like a summer vacation to Orlando and that was like the big five-year anniversary trip and we were starting to try and I was like, this is going to be great. We're going to get pregnant in, in Orlando. <laughs> and we didn't <laughs> and we didn't get pregnant for many months after that and um I think it was six months at that point and I'm 24 at this point so I'm like this this doesn't seem normal why am I not getting pregnant and you know everybody tells you you're young you know just relax it'll happen and you know when when I found out later that I had several fertility diagnoses that made getting pregnant difficult, those things were frustrating. Yes. Like you can't just relax away a, a diagnosis from a doctor. No. <laughs> so um yeah, so about six months in, um, I had um we had started doing some testing. I met with my doctor. And, um, she had set me up for some blood work. She had set Greg up to start doing some testing. And, um, the first test that came back was that I have, um, high prolactin and, um, I guess, um, well, so you obviously probably know this, but for somebody that doesn't, um, it's, it's the hormone that basically, um, it's high whenever you are you are pregnant or you're nursing to help prevent you from getting pregnant during those times. Um, so that was like, oh, great. It's like I'm pregnant. My body is telling me that my levels are elevated, but I'm not. So um, I had to see, um, I think I had to see an endocrinologist for that. Um, and he had he sent me to get an, uh, an MRI. And, um, I am severely claustrophobic and 
that was very traumatizing. Yes. Yes. Um, because the, so the pituitary is in the brain yes. and they had to put like a big cage around my head. And it's not um, when I had no. my it took an hour. Yes. And I, I didn't was, just have it in the head. I had a full body for them to do my head. Yeah, I, I I would have been I would have been done. <laughs> Let's forget it. <laughs> but I remember laying there on the table, like while I'm in there, and that thing is whoosh, whoosh, <laughs> and all of those noises. Um, because I think they did it twice. I think they did it once with contrast and once without. And so, like, I had to go out, and then I had to come back in. And I remember laying there thinking this is all so I can have a baby. The reward is worth it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so they had told me that it was a 10% chance that I was going to have um, a pituitary tumor and that it was not likely. And lo and behold, I did. <laughs> I was like, oh, isn't that nice? I'm in the 10%. You're in the 10%. Yay. <laughs> um, so they did tell me that it was very small, but that I was going to need to be um, put on some medication to, sh like, I guess, shrink it even more yeah. and um, to get my levels to go down to, like, the normal range. Um, so they put me on something called bromocryptine, and it just erect my body. I, I was so sick. I, I would go to work, uh, and how I, I don't know how I did. Um, but I would go to work and I remember I nannied full time and the kids would play in the playroom and I would just lay on the floor sometimes like I'm going to be sick. And thankfully I wasn't sick until I would come home. Um, but my poor husband, I I would get up at night and I was just vomiting in the bathroom because of how sick that um, that medication was making me. And I had been on the phone with my grandmother one day when I was driving in the car. And I think I was like a week into this medication. It might have even been longer. And I remember exactly where I was. And I went, I'm sorry, Grandma. I have to go. I have to pull over. I'm going to vomit. <laughs> And I pulled my car into a Walgreens parking lot and got out and just started vomiting. Oh. And then I got in and drove away. <laughs> Not fun. Sorry. Not fun at all. Yes. And that, you, know, you know you're doing it so that you can have a baby, but still your body is going through all of that. Yes. Yeah. And that was only like the first bit of medication that I would take like throughout this whole journey um and so after that then we were um referred to the reproductive endocrinologist because I was told then to keep trying with my levels going down we should get pregnant and we still weren't yeah. um and everything had checked out fine with Greg so you know <laughs> I was Either like well was okay <laughs> We know that still I have one problem. So, um, yeah, so then we saw a reproductive endocrinologist and he was so, he was so kind to us. Um, and I don't, re I remember just that like anxiety of the initial visit, like, great, yeah. we're really into the realm of like specialists at this point. 
Um, and, you know, I think he had said something similar, like, you know, you guys are young. There shouldn't be any reason why you're not getting pregnant. Um, I think he had, I remember he had me get a couple of more like, um, extensive blood work done. And, um, and then I remember him telling us to continue to try naturally on our own for so many more months. And if it didn't happen by then to come back and see him, and then we would do some more tests. Um, so we did, we tried and still nothing happened. And now at this point, um, we're now into 2018. So at this point it, it had been over a year that we were trying. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at my notes, make sure I haven't forgotten anything important. <laughs> um, and so we didn't get pregnant. We went back in. Um, he had me do more tests. He had me do um, something called an HSG test um, where they send dye into your uterus to check and see if your tubes are blocked. Yeah. And um, I, they weren't. So that was great. Um, and so they ran some more tests and, um, I remember it was in July, uh, of 2018. And, um, I remember this specifically cause I was working and I had an appointment in the middle of the day and my husband came to meet me and, um, because I, I was working, I was nannying and he had, I think the kids at Chick-fil-A um, eating lunch in the play area because the doctor's office was literally right there. And I went into my appointment and I remember the doctor told me that I had polycystic ovaries and, um, and he was like, you know, unfortunately this looks like we're going to have to do some, um, you know, medicated cycles. And I remember just walking out of there and I walked into Chick-fil-A and I got Greg and, the kids and we got, I buckled them back in the car. And I remember I just sobbed in the Chick-fil-A parking lot. And I was like, we're never, we're never going to have a baby. And um, yeah, so that started like all of our, then I had to do shots and um, like time cycles and a trigger shot. And um, that was, <laughs> that was really taxing. Yes. And it's a reminder every day that you weren't able to just naturally get pregnant. I mean, it was something that you were having to constantly think about and keep yes. up and reflect. I mean, it wasn't something that you could just put in the back of your mind whenever you're having to actively be doing things to try to have a Right. Yes. Yes. And like rereading my, um, like my Instagram posts, I had forgotten like how many times I would be waiting for a phone call from like the clinic to tell me, you know, if it was okay for me to like, you know, continue on with the next cycle, if I had cysts and we had to take a break, if the medication was working, were my follicles growing, like, you know, all of those things. Oh, I got another negative pregnancy test. I had to go back in for another like 6.45 a.m. ultrasound. Like, you know, it's just, it consumes your life. It, it really does. And I mean, uh, sometimes like rereading that I'm like I can't believe that I did that yeah like that for such a strong desire yes know? yes yeah and I know that like you and I had talked to about like everybody's stories are different and sometimes 
within infertility, there's a lot of comparison. Well, I tried longer, we did IVF or, you know, different, just different things. And everybody's story is different. It, it Everybody's still trying to get to the end goal yes. of having a baby. And that pain, you know, is still there, whether you try for two years or six years. Yeah. That is just, it's, it's such agony. It is. Because you is. just want it so much. You do. And I mean, that's the thing. Everybody's story is very different when it comes to infertility, when it comes to how they're able to have children. It is completely different. But the truth is that all of us that are striving to have children, that is the desire that we have in our heart. And whenever that is a desire that you have, everyone's pain in that area is the pain that they experience while yes, they're wanting yes. something so much and yet not able to, to just have a child naturally when they expect it to be able to have it. It really doesn't, I don't think, I mean, I'm sure that whenever it's been years and years and years, that is years and years and years longer, but each day that you are trying is a painful day for. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I remember just like the times that like, and because I worked with children all day, like I loved that. I loved being a nanny so much, but that was just the constant reminder of, I'm taking care of somebody else's children. I can't make my own. Like I, and you know, like I felt like a failure as a woman, like this is what I was created to do. I can't, but I can't do it. I couldn't give my husband kids. I couldn't give myself children. And I, I remember just the nights that like, I would just cry in the shower, just like begging the Lord to let me have a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And praying (laughs) and seeking like Hannah did in the Bible where she was crying and praying to give her a child. Yes. Throughout the millennia, that's what, I mean, children are blessings and you do, you want them and there's a true desire there. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So, I mean, that was, it was, it was, I mean, so hard. And then like each cycle that failed and, you know, each appointment I had to go back into and um, we did, I think we did, three medicated cycles they were called hybrid protocols um so i would take like an oral medication and then i would do injections and then i would do a trigger shot and um so like everything was very like timed and precise which like you know when you're already trying to make a baby for almost two years you're already like oh, okay and <laughs> and this when you when you have to do it on a schedule you're like <laughs> this is not romantic at all. No. (laughs) So that was just, that was so hard. Um, But so we did that for a couple of cycles and then it failed. And then we had to take a break because I had cysts um, and they were too big to continue. Um, And then we did IUI. And um, I remember they told us, which was really a huge blessing um, because insurance often does not cover fertility um, treatments. Um, but that if, if we did three IUI cycles and they failed, our insurance would cover IVF. And um, so I was at least like, you know, oh, yay. I mean, not really, oh, yay, but. But still, <laughs> you're like, there's hope. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Um, so we, we did, um, an IUI in, um, it was November of 2018. And I remember it was another day where I was working. (laughs) Um, I had an appointment, um, in the middle of the day 
And I remember I was with my sister and it was another, let's get Chick-fil-A and you can sit in the car with the kids and I'll finish my appointment and I'll come back. <laughs> and um, I did. And I remember um, going in there and it was like, it was delayed. I think I sat in there for 30 minutes before somebody finally came into the room. And so I was like sweating and I was sick and like sick with, you know, anxiety. And um, she did the procedure. And I remember her saying to me, um, this is only a 15% chance that it'll work the first time. So don't get your hopes up. And, um, she wasn't like being mean or anything. Oh. Like she was my favorite nurse. Um, but I was just, I remember feeling defeated. And then I remember like as time passed thinking, well, my God is bigger than that 15%. Right. So if, if, if this is his will, then yeah. this is going to happen. Um, and it did. <laughs> I I got Yay! pregnant <laughs> um with our oldest daughter. Um, and she was born um the so she was born in 2019. Um the little tidbit that I always forget about that when I look back at my Instagram and I remember is that um it was a year to the day that I started my Instagram account because we had been trying for a while before I started my account, um, but that she was born. That, I mean, that's so God, like that exact timing only to plan that. Yes. And I'm just like, that is, that's, that's incredible. (laughs) That is, that is so incredible. So whenever we were talking earlier, you were telling me some of the amazing events and things that you learned and even had tattooed yes. body over it. And I, I just, I loved hearing about those. So, and I think it can encourage everybody, people that are going through infertility or anything that is hard, because those are truths that you're going to speak about that just apply to who God is and our relationship with him during a hard time. And mm-hmm. I just, it, I loved hearing what you had to say. So tell us some of those stories. Sure. Um, so when we first started trying, um, like I said, we had already been married for five years. So I already was like, I want to have a baby. And um, finally, like when my husband like relinquished that, okay, all right, finally start trying. Um, and I feel like that was so hard for him because again, like I said, he's an engineer. He's very methodical. Like, you know, he was like, I don't want to have kids while I'm still in school, which ended up not being the case. Like he was in school and we were having children. Um, but I remember, I remember when we first started trying, I felt like because I had waited so long, I deserved to get pregnant right away. Like it only made sense. I had already <laughs> waited five years. So I so get pregnant. <laughs> yeah, immediately. Um, but that was obviously not the case. And um, as time progressed, I remember I became very angry and very bitter um, as I watched friends and family get pregnant around me. And because I felt like I deserved something and, you know, why do they get it? And I don't. And um that was very, very difficult. Um, my One of my really good friends had told me that she didn't like to talk to me about my fertility because I was very bitter and angry and she didn't like it, which I don't blame her. Who wants to talk to somebody that's angry? Yeah. It's- and um, 
And I think that's a very normal thing to be feeling at the beginning. And I just, I loved hearing about that and how it transformed slowly over time for you. Yes, yes. And, um, and it really did. Um, I remember something I, I didn't share this morning was, um, it was still early on, but I remember being in the car on the way to work. And I remember like literally yelling at God in the car, like, why won't you let me have a baby? And um, I, it wasn't like an audible voice, but like I hurt my spirit. I could hear him say, not yet. And I like dismissed it because I was just angry. I was so angry. And I asked again, why won't you let me have a baby? And I heard it again. And I was like, okay, all right, fine. <laughs> and and I, I, I mean, I can't say I knew what that meant. I mean, I didn't know what our journey was going to entail, if we were going to adopt, if we were ever going to have our own biological children. I didn't know. But I did know that even in my dark moments, that he still was there yeah. and that he still had a plan yes. for us. And I think that that was kind of like the turning point for me where I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. He's still working in the midst of. Sees you and my... you. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, I remember something else that I shared with you this morning was um, I had a friend who had a baby during our time of infertility. And I remember when um, her baby was born, I was just, I was so sad for me and I couldn't leave my bed I mean I was just I was in bed all day and I remember my husband saying to me like this is not this is not okay <laughs> like you can't act like this because somebody had a baby and you didn't like you know I I mean he knew he was walking beside me through the pain but I mean I can't I couldn't live in that state of like if, if, you know, if I can't have what I want, then nobody else can be happy and I shouldn't be happy for them either. And, um, during that, during our time of still trying to get pregnant, she'd had another baby. And because how God had transformed me, I was so excited for that second baby. And not that I wasn't excited about the first, but I could genuinely be excited like even in my pain and my sadness, I still had so much joy for her. That's awesome. And I, I mean, in that, like, it was it was so wonderful for me to be able to see just that, like that that switch. I love that you use the word transformed. That reminds me of that verse in the Bible about not being conformed, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And God had literally been working in your heart. And in your mind so that you were literally transformed and able to instead rejoice with her that second time. And that's only through God. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. I mean, there is no way like when I think about what we walked through that if I wasn't a believer, like I don't know how I would have done it. I, I, I don't. I don't know how we would have stayed married, like, because I would have stayed in that bitterness, I'm sure, because I didn't have hope in the Lord. Yeah. And I mean, and he really, he really changed me. Like, I wouldn't change anything, even how painful it was, because of how he refined me, how he grew me, what he taught me. I mean, he taught me that I needed to rely on him every single day. 
because I couldn't get away from the fact that I wasn't having a baby. And, and he was my, I mean, he was my strength. Like, again, when I was rereading those posts, I was just like, wow, I, I, I couldn't believe like how much I had learned in the different scripture verses that like would come to me, you know, when I needed them. And then I would put them in my posts because I was like, I need this. I'm really speaking to myself, but you know, sharing it with whoever I could share it with. I love that. So if you are struggling with infertility, her Instagram is infertility and Jesus, because I would love for people to be able to look at some of those scriptures that they could get the same hope that you were able to get through those. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I love hearing about how much, because it is, I mean, that was such a painful thing that you went through and yet you're able to see the growth that you had through it. And if we stay in that bitterness and don't grow instead, then we're not able to experience that. I mean, God truly developed your love for him. He, your strength in him, your reliance on him. Yes. Yes. Allowed you to be transformed in a way that he wanted you to be transformed so that you could be used for him in a different way than you would have been able to have been used before. Right. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, like I said, I, I wouldn't change it for anything. I have, I've been able to share with other friends. I made connections with people through social media um, that I like hang out with now because of infertility. I mean, you know, again, it is a very painful journey, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed. I wouldn't change anything. I mean, because I'm, you know, the Lord, changed me in that way like learning how to pray differently and just having to rely on him constantly and you know not like realizing that he doesn't owe me anything like you know he gave me the greatest gift when he died on the cross and that's really that's that's really it like you know the other things that he gives to us are out of his kindness amen because he loves us yeah yeah i love that That's awesome. So tell us about the even if or whichever one you want to do next. Um, Okay. So um, I, I love tattoos (laughs) and um, every tattoo that I have has some kind of meaning Um, whether it's, I have, I had a, I had a dachshund who recently passed away and I had, I have a dachshund tattoo and um, because I had it for so long, my husband wrote, I love you. And I have that on me Um, just like different things. But um, during our, our years of trying to get pregnant, I um, got three tattoos that had to do with like our journey. Um, So the first one that I got um, is actually on my arm here. And um, it is even if is what it says. And um, that one came about because I had another friend who I'd reached out to during our time um, who had also experienced the struggle with infertility. and. And she was probably one of the first people I had reached out to. And I remember her saying to me, um, you know, how about if we change the what if to even if? And, you know, even if I never get pregnant, even if, you know, the life that I think I have, like that I wanted, isn't what it is, is God still good? And... I mean, and the answer is yes, 
but it's that reminder of, you know, even if it doesn't turn out the way that we think, he still has a perfect plan. He still has it all in control. And that like was so profound to me in that moment. And I was like, well, I need to get that. Oh my gosh, yes. And I'm like, well, I need to get that tattooed on my body. <laughs> so you have a constant reminder. So even if, even if you don't get tattoos, I would put it on my mirror. I would put, I mean, I I think that is just change your what if, just change your mind, transform your mind from what if to even if. Yes. Yeah. And I know there's a song that Mercy Me sings and I think it's called Even If. And I think a lot of people think I got it because of that. And I'm like, no, actually, not, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. But so I have I have that one. And then I got another one. Um, I remember just I actually remember sitting on my porch um, and I, th- I can't remember if I was reading my Bible, but I know I was sitting on my porch and I just remember I had been reading scripture and just, um, I forget, I should have looked it up before I came out here, but be still. Um, and I know it's in the Bible in a couple different places. And I remember reading it in a couple different places, but it was that reminder, like, again, to my heart. I mean, and there are so many scriptures that like I could have had tattooed, but just that one, like God just constantly telling me, you need to be still. Like, I hear you. I am here with you. Just be still. Um, And so that was one. And then the last tattoo that I actually have gotten um, is I have a big tattoo in my arm and um, it's from Psalms and um, it's okay. I did this earlier. (laughs) No, I don't remember it. Um, He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. And, um, I, I had wanted to get that tattooed for a long time, even before we had struggled with getting pregnant. And, um, I remember I had waited like seven or eight months. Like I was on the schedule to get this done. And, um, I finally get in there and I'm sitting there in the chair. And I remember telling the girl who was doing the tattoo at the time that I was waiting for a call from my doctor and I was going to have to take it if she called me. And she called me and I remember her telling me in that moment while I'm getting this tattoo on my arm that we were going to have to do fertility treatments to get pregnant. And it's crazy, like, to think about, you know, I was getting scripture of, you know, being reminded that the Lord is, you know, my refuge and huge. Yeah. Yes. And he covers me, you know, with himself and. I, as I'm like crying, oh my gosh, I have to get, I have to start fertility treatments to have a baby, but how he orchestrated that. That just gives me, it's still, that gives me goosebumps. It just shows how much he loves and cares for us. That he be assuring you right there in that moment that he is, that he is covering you up in the middle of the storm. One um, picture that I use for my, um, fifth graders whenever I'm teaching them about God being our refuge and protector is that if you were out in the middle of a huge thunderstorm and lightning and huge wind gusts blowing through, and you're just out there in the middle of the storm, you're getting soaked, you're being pelted and you're cold and you're being blown around the same person in the middle of the storm. If you're in a firm, like a, in a house, 
you're aware of what's going on around you, you can hear the wind and yes. the rain is coming down, but you're not being beat by it. You're being protected. Yes, you're still in the middle of the storm, but you're in the middle of the storm with God yes. your refuge instead. And there's a big difference because like you said, if you didn't know Jesus, there's people that are going through infertility that are close to Jesus. And there's people that are going through infertility that might feel shame that their body's not doing what they want it to do that are still in that bitter and angry stage. They're going through this storm. But if you can move yourself from being out in the middle of the storm to choosing to be in his protection and under his care, just like, and I mean, God gave you that reminder right there that he was there for you mm -hmm. as you were going to be starting these treatments that you did not, this is not how you had it planned out. And now I'm just reminding you, I am here. I'm right yes. here seeing you and I am protecting you in the midst of it. That is just beautiful. I love that. Yeah. It, I mean, and it, again, it's like, it's amazing to look back and just to see how those small things like that he, I mean, I had that appointment scheduled for seven or eight months. Like it was such a long time and he had it all like already worked out. Yeah. Because he knows, cause he is over everything. He knows all things and he sees you. Yes. That. Okay. So I always ask people that come on, what is your favorite scripture right now or your favorite scripture that you use with infertility? Is it this one or do you have another one you want to share with us? Um, it was amazing actually how like looking back, um, I was like, oh my gosh, there were so many scriptures. Um, but the one, and I brought my Bible out to the car so I wouldn't forget it. Um, the one that I actually remember, um, like holding on to for such a long time, um, was from Hebrews, um, chapter 10 and it was verse 35 and 36. Um, therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Wow. And I, I loved that so much. I mean, and again, I didn't know what the end result was going to be. No, if we, no, if we were going to have biological children, if we were going to adopt, if we were ever going to have children and but I, I knew that I had to trust the Lord and I had to endure because either way he had promises that he was going to fulfill. Yes. And even if that promise had been that you were going to get to know him even more and be even more close to him and be completely transformed and changed by that experience, that is a reward in and of itself. That yes. doesn't the pain of not having a child. Right. God is he, if we can remember that he's sovereign, I think it can help with that pain because he does want to comfort us in the midst yes. of situations. And that's what he was doing with you. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. I think it was just for anyone going through difficult times, such wisdom that you would not be able to give if God had not allowed you to walk through that valley and be oh, right yes. with you and for you to be willing to listen to him and to pay attention and to even keep up with it. So infertility in Jesus, if you're going through difficult times, I encourage you to check that out and take a second to like and subscribe to this channel as well. And my challenge for you this week is to just, when you're going through hard times, turn to him, let him be your refuge, run to him so that he's covering you up with his feathers and with his wings and you're safe and secure with him. 
So that is my challenge for y'all this week and have a great week.